Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. I get asked a lot of times, you know, where did I learn all this stuff that I, that I talk about? Well, it, it's all practical experience. And truthfully, it all started with mom. And, I, and I've told this story in the past from time to time, but where I really got started on this stuff, my parents, when I was a kid, had rental properties. And dad had a regular job. Well, he'd take me in with him and drop me off on summer months to work on stuff. Yes, people, you can make kids work. It's good for them. And uh, he would drop me off. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was 14 years old trying to hang sheetrock. I didn't know until I was 18 that it was supposed to be a two-person job to hang sheetrock on a ceiling. He had me doing it by myself. I'd use T-poles. But back to the mom part, mom would come in and help me with doing stuff when houses came vacant, different things like that. And so her and I would be the ones who'd have to figure out how to do it. So we would look at something and uh, figure it out on our own. And we worked together doing that for for several years. And that's really how I got going into home improvement. I was 14, then 15, got into high school. And by the time I was in high school, I knew I was going to be a contractor. There was no, no question about it. College was not in my future. And yet, that may be a shock to everybody. I did not go to college, let me tell you. You don't necessarily have to go to college to be successful. In fact, if you work in the trades nowadays, you can make a lot more money than most people who do go to college. But you got to get into the trades and keep yourself clean. That means you don't become a drunk. You don't use drugs. And let me tell you, you pick a trade that is something that takes time to learn. Welding, electrical, plumbing air conditioning and you can be extremely successful but again working with mom we would just work through the stuff and we would get it done and so that's where I got the ability to start visualizing how we're gonna do things so I want to first of all wish my mom a happy Mother's Day and thanks for all the training because dad's training was I don't care how you do it just get it done and so me and mom figured out how to get it done Victor, welcome to WBAP. Hello. How you doing? Hello. Good. Thank you for my call. I had a question about my AC system. Um, let's see, about maybe, I guess, uh, six days ago, um, uh, starts the AC. Um, it got a little bit warmer, I guess, than average. But um, um, I guess once it did shut down, or as far as once, once the temperature was reached, as I wanted, the fan did not go off. You know, it just kept running and running and running. So okay. um, I called a couple of companies and I got uh, two or three different, uh, I guess, theories. Finally, the last one said it was the board and the board is what he changed and the board is what fixed almost everything. But I want to find out, does the board control more than just a blower or does it control, I guess, the amount of Freon? Because I think that also, I think two of the companies, they overfill the Freon. And that's, I, guess this is the, I guess that was bad too. So, um, after venting it and changing the board, it all got back to normal. 
but I do believe it's not as efficient as it should be. So can you answer my questions how an AC system actually works? Okay. Well, the board is basically the brains of the computer. It does control the thermostat, the, the on and off of the fans, and, you know, if you want to have it on auto on and off versus run full time, everything is controlled by the board. That's basically okay. the computer of the, of the uh, system. Okay. The, uh, if you overcharge an air conditioner, it will not work properly. Got uh, it. But, but, the, but, but the part that won't work properly is it just doesn't cool properly. Your fans and all that stuff will still continue to work. You're just not going to be comfortable. Got it. Okay. And so, yeah, really... they, it's critical that, that everything is charged properly. Gotcha. Well, I think it's working fine now. I don't, I'm not sure if it's efficient as it should be. It's, okay, also, as far as temperature, I guess, okay, as far as temperature that comes out of the vent, okay, what should be the correct temperature that comes out? You know, should it be low 60s, high 60s, high 50s? What should it be blowing out at? Or is there is there a level? There's there's not a set temperature it should blow out at. It's based on the, the room temperature, and then typically it's going to come out uh, something in the neighborhood of 15 degrees cooler than it is in the home because it's it's taking the air that is in the home, running it through the system, cooling it, and then putting it back into the room. So I guess. Okay. the hotter it is in the room. You know, the the warmer it's going to be coming out the fan, as it keeps circulating that air. That's how it brings the temperature down. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Now you mentioned twice that your system yeah. you don't think is as efficient as it should be. Why do you think that? Um, because uh, well, actually, I guess uh, well, let's see, let's see. At times, I guess you know, the system comes on between five and ten minutes, and it gets down to the temperature. Then for a while, though, it was taking like a good hour. For it to go ahead and drop down one or two degrees. It's better now, but I okay. guess I'm wondering, you know, how well, long should the system run? Well, it, it, there there is no set how long it should run. I will tell you, though, if a system only runs like five minutes or so, it's it's actually not working properly because it cannot dehumidify properly in that short a time. Uh, normally, you want it to come on and run for a, a, a stent of somewhere 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. I got it. Okay, now what's the difference? Okay, because okay, I think I heard you say something about a stage system, you know, like a five-stage system. Um, okay, what's that all about? It's five stages. In, in, instead of having a fan that's either on or off, it actually the blower will come on at different speeds, and so on those type of systems, they stay running almost all the time, and therefore it's dehumidifying, which keeps the home more comfortable. But instead of staying running at full power, the fan drops way down to where you don't hardly feel it moving air, but it's still taking air across the coils, dehumidifying it to make the home more comfortable, and it uses far less energy that way. Uh, the other thing, the reason I was asking about your energy efficiency, as a system ages, it does become less efficient. You know, like uh, a, a, an old system that was a 10-sear that started, if it's 10, 12 years old, it may only be operating at a six-year rating. And with that, i got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Texas Home Improvement. Tanya, welcome to Texas yes. Home Improvement. Yes, this is Sonia. It's with an S, but I, have, I live in about 30 minutes from Waco. I have a 100-year-old house, pier and beam, 
Uh, I've replaced all the beams underneath the house, but the fireplace is leaning away from the house. It's got a concrete base that's buried in the ground with a hole in it where they used to scoop out the coal or the ashes. And it's oh, yeah. leaning away from the house about four inches now and steadily getting... Is You mentioned that on those uh, columns for the fence that they had to put in the whole new uh, thing. Do I have to put in a whole new fireplace? There's no cracks in the fireplace. None of the bricks on the fireplace are cracked. You know, I was just at a 100-year-old house in Oak Cliff uh, Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday, I guess. And... A similar issue. The fireplace itself had settled a little over the last hundred years. The thing is, the concrete from a hundred years ago has no real reinforcing in it. So you don't really want to start trying to jack it up because it it will cause damage. Uh, but if it's down as you know four inches like you were talking about, something's going to have to go under it to try to jack it up. So yes, the foam would be a, a good alternative to try yeah. now whether it's going to be able to get it up all the way uh, you know it's it's always hard to determine because the structure is built around those fireplaces in those old homes and well, so I think that the separation is recent because we lost a couple trees on that side of the house and the roof ah. is caving in yeah okay so well, th yeah that, it's going to continue to lean more and more as that root yep. system dissolves yeah, usually it's not a root system, though, that'll do that, because as the root system dissolves, the soils start taking on moisture and expanding again, and normally it'll hold it in place. Uh, but if the, if, it, if the tree was so close it had really massive roots there, that actually can happen. Okay. Because I know that side of the house, when it rains, it gets the water goes through that side of the house, the back. Ah. That has anything to do with it. That that could actually be causing more of the problem than the tree. Well, okay. But Sonia, I'm I'm you know, Due West is happy to look at it for you. Well give give us a call and I'll come down and take a look at it. Okay, thank you. You bet. Take care. Jason, welcome to WBAP. Good afternoon, sir. How's it going? Oh, going great. Well, um, I was calling because I'm curious about something. I know that, you know, uh, when it comes, you know, a lot of times people st uh, will talk about if you have like a house, a home that's built out of steel products, you know, your insurance will be cheaper and it resists fire and termites and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And my, my question is, is I have not seen like any homes built where like that, you know, the outside wall and the, the rafters are built out of steel. And my question is, is, is why not? Is it, I mean, it seems like we still use traditional lumber. Is, yep. is it not as, is it not as strong as, as wood? Because like whenever I see it in the stores, it just looks, cause it's only three sides that are steel and it. And it, my brain says, oh, that's not as strong as timber because timber is, is solid. So, you know, what's, what, I, I guess yeah. my question is, is, what do you what do you know about it, and, or you know, what's your opinion on one versus the other? Well, I wouldn't want my outside walls built out of the ones that you see at 
at the stores. Uh, those are great for divider walls. That's what they're made for, but they're not structural. On a structural steel wall, you have to use a little bit you know, heavier material. But the big problem, the reason you don't see it in houses, it's just plain too expensive. We grow trees here in Texas as crops, uh, especially out in East Texas. I mean, that that's what we're growing all those pine trees for is lumber. And yes, it is just so cheap to build out of sticks compared to the, the metal studs. It just it's not going to get a foothold as long as that's the case. Gotcha. So, so the main reason is just because of the difference in price. Yep. Now, it's kind of like solar power versus using natural gas and oil for generating electricity. Solar, although it keeps expanding, it has to have the government supplement it in order to be cost effective. Well, those metal studs are basically the same thing. It is so overpriced compared to wood studs, it's to get a foothold. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. That, that was my only question. I appreciate it. Appreciate you it. Bet. I hope you have a, have a good weekend. You as well. Take care. And again, our number, 1-800-288-9227. In fact, I'm going to quit giving that number out because we're getting near the end of the show here, even though I probably do have time to take another call or two. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of building materials that are nice to work with. And metal studs, I've worked with them in the past. I've done some commercial stuff with them. I, I just, I wouldn't want it in my house because it just doesn't have the structural strength. When you got a metal stud wall, I mean, you, you, you put down the sill plate, you screw the studs to it, that's what keeps it from swaying, much like when you nail the stud walls together. Uh, it, it, But it just, it's not, the stout wall that you're used to and when you see it in commercial buildings it's just divider walls it's not structural walls when you get into doing a structural wall you got to have something heavier there's other building techniques out there you know that w look great and would be a great way to build a home as well in fact they'd be stouter but we don't do it because of cost concrete is, is a good example the foam walls with uh concrete in the in the middle of them uh very energy efficient uh, an extremely strong structure where you you know when we get uh tornadoes or if you're down in the on the coast area you get hurricanes and stuff they 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 hold up to it but it's just too expensive as compared to a stud wall that's why we stick with studs don this is jim how can I help you Yes, sir. Uh, I have a, a swimming pool. And of course, it's in-ground pool, and we're about tired of it. I was wondering. You said you're tired of it. Are you wanting to fill it in? Yeah. Okay. Basically. A lot of cities, uh, you can fill in swimming pools. It's not, it's not that big a deal, but a lot of cities have actually made it into a big deal. It used to be you would just break up the bottom of it so that water could soak in and out of it collapse the top and let it fall into the hole and then fill it with dirt and a lot of cities don't let you do it that way anymore now they want all the concrete out then you can fill it with dirt so the first thing you'll want to do is check with your area are you allowed to just collapse it in and then fill it with dirt or do you actually have to remove all the concrete if you've got to remove all the concrete 
it actually becomes very expensive. It may be cheaper to rebuild that pool and keep it running uh, than to do that. Yeah, but if you collapse a, it, that is far less expensive. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of the city limits, so I, I oh, shouldn't have a problem. You can do what you want then. So here's what you do. If it, you want to break up the bottom so that water doesn't just pond in the in the pool and then go around the top and, and break off at least the top two feet. And you just, okay. like I said, let it fall in the bottom and then start filling it with dirt and compacting the dirt as you come up with it. And you got rid of it. It's, it's literally that simple. Uh, as far as contractors who can do it for you, a lot of times if you've got a... Uh, a regular GC contractor can do it, or if there's a foundation repair contractor in the area, they are always looking for ways to get rid of dirt. So you can always contact one of them and see if they're willing to come over, knock the top off, and fill it in for you. Louie, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi. Uh, I recently put in a patio cover. I live in a townhome, and I put a patio cover over my back area of my townhome but uh, now it's too hot to go out there do you insulate those uh no. is there an insulation process for that no but you can put a radiant barrier under it okay uh what what is how does that work you paint it on or you well you can use a paint on uh, that won't be quite as effective as using a foil-type barrier. Uh, I'm assuming you put an aluminum one up, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm, I'm going through uh, the tunnel. I don't know if I'll lose you. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, usually the phones work through the tunnel. Um, oh, okay. The, the problem that you're going to run into is no matter what you put up there is going to show, whether you paint it on or use the four by you know the four foot wide sheets so uh -huh. I, I would say i would go with a foil type barrier on metal buildings they use a bubble type and actually that would kind of uh -huh. give you a cool look up there to have that bubble wrap type radiant barrier if you want to see if it works good you'd actually go down to uh lowe's or home depot they sell it Oh really? In a in a roll, and you can put it up there. It's not that expensive, and that should help lower the temperature, probably in the neighborhood of 15 degrees. How, how wide does it come? Four foot wide. Four foot. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I've never heard of that stuff. Okay, I'll try to check that out at Lowe's. It happened at Lowe's, right? Yeah, at Lowe's and and Home Depot both carry it. Okay, it's a bubble insulation. It's it's a bubble radiant barrier. Bubble radiant barrier. Okay, got it. Okay. All right, I'll try that. Thank you. All right, you take care. We left. I was talking with Stanley, and we were getting into a conversation about James Hardy siding versus LP Smart Side. Correct. Smart board or smart plank? I don't. I don't know what the real name. Yeah, of they, it they, is. I think they call it Smart Side. Smart Side. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow, he, he, you know, he, he questioned me on the, the hardy plank, and I said, well, that's, you know, I never heard of the smart board or plank yeah, uh, or siding. And so anyhow, I went with it. Now, 
I know uh, Hardy Plank uh, sponsors your show, or one of the sponsors. Sure. And and so there's no doubt that you're going to probably lean towards them. I said, but but can you compare the two, or, or give me some more information on on the uh, smart side? Well, the the big difference is. Hardy plank is a concrete-based material. Smart side has wood chips and fibers in it, and a resin to make it up. And so it's it's more of a it's a man-made material, but realistically, so is concrete. Uh, so there's I, I can't tell you that there, there's any huge downside to going with the smart side. Uh, if there's a fire, yes, it it can burn and be damaged. Uh, because it has wood fibers in it, bugs can still attack it. Things like that. But you know what? Let's face it. 99% of the homes out there never have those kind of issues anyways. So, you know, if you're comfortable with the looks of it, you're comfortable with the guy putting it on, don't lose any sleep over it at all. You'll okay. be just fine with it. Yeah, well, you know, after he installed it, I did a little research on Google. And uh, it's been several years ago now, so I can't, you know, uh, positively tell you uh, what I read was correct. But they had uh, two pictures of the smart board people. Yeah. And uh, they had a, a picture of the uh, smart side, and then they had a picture of the hardy plank. And, uh, of course, it can be Photoshopped. I have no idea if it was or not, but both of them were hit with a golf ball. And the golf ball left an indent on the hardy plank, like it, you could tell where it hit. Sure. And, and on the uh, smart side, you couldn't. Now, you know, I don't know why. Is it that much tougher? I, I have no idea. Well, and I also, also know that, that NASA... Uh, I don't know what they use it in, but uh, they were mentioned in this same article about about that they use it. I don't know on the fire retardant. Oh, well, you said it's not; it'll burn. So I, you know, I don't know why NASA would kind of you know toot their horn for them, but they yeah. did. I, I seriously doubt NASA's tooting their horn. They might have done something for NASA that they used the product on. Uh, you know, I could say the same thing. I've leveled several buildings out at the, the NASA complex. Uh, but I, I don't. We don't do that. Uh, the as far as a golf ball, why are you hitting your house with golf balls? Well, it, it was <laughs> it wasn't me. It I know. It was I, I'm just <laughs> being facetious. But you know, you can also if you if you actually look at it, you'll see pictures where people will say the smart side has gone gotten wavy on them and stuff like that. And you know what? All of these items are true. They can all happen. It's not the norm, though. Okay. Well, I'm I'm content with with the smart side, but I've, yeah. I'm, I I never see it advertised anywhere, or in the papers or on radio or anywhere in the in magazines or nothing. Yeah. So it is it is it a it very is, common thing or? It is out there. It is used quite a bit. Uh, typically, you'll find it to be less expensive. Quite a bit less expensive. Eh, I shouldn't say quite a bit. It's less expensive than 
James Hardy. And so there's a lot of contractors, especially the the lower end, cheaper contractors, who will tend to move towards the smart side. When you get into your better builders and stuff, you're going to find that they move over to James Hardy siding. Okay, I'm going to have to go put a nod on this contractor's head then because uh, he uh, he said that it was going to cost about the same. Now, if it was cheaper, and he's charging me the same for the Hardy plane, <laughs> <laughs> I well, think I've got a refund. Done. That might have been that might have been the way he charges. Installation <laughs> should have been the same though. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, the product he said was about the same. Yeah. We didn't, yeah, the insulation. Uh, he had some, some uh, other subcontractor do that. He yeah. Was just, he was just a man in charge, is all he was. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it then. Nah. I, okay. All right. Hey, well, thank you much, Jim. You Appreciate bet. It. Take Bye. care, Stanley. Bye. And again, you know, both products will do what you want them to do. I prefer the looks and the durability of James Hardy siding and yes they are a sponsor here on the show but I will tell you I was using their products for probably 20 years before I ever started doing the show it's one of those things where I just prefer their product let's go to Conroe and talk with Jonathan what can I do for you today Jonathan yes sir I had some uh, termite damage unfortunately and had to have eight sheets of the paneling removed instead yeah. of sheetrock the house was built in the or uh, late 80s, early 90s, and so it was that that like uh, eighth inch yeah. thin plywood paneling, and there's only eight sheets that need to be replaced, but I'm not able to find those. Uh, and if I my wife wants me to go with sheetrock, but it's gonna one section of the house is gonna be sheetrock, the other is gonna be paneling. And you uh, the only paneling I can find is the MDF type board. Oh, don't do that. No. Okay. Uh, do you have recommendations on the paneling, or should I go ahead and just bite the bullet and do sheetrock? Bite the bullet and do sheetrock, and I would take out okay. the other paneling that you have. Okay. And here's two re two re one. You can find wood paneling still. You would need to go to a regular lumber yard, though, not the box stores. Okay. Uh, if you go to a regular lumber yard, they will have it, but you're going to find it's it's going to be quite costly. Uh, okay. Where, where a you know a sheet of sheetrock is going to cost you what eight nine bucks, uh, okay. a sheet of that paneling mm -hmm. is going to cost you probably thirty or forty. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, but the bigger thing, it yes, will sir. modernize your house. Okay. And your wife's going to be happier with you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, okay. Sir. I appreciate it so much. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Oh, if I would only learn that lesson at my own house, I, my, my wife would be so much happier with me at times. But I can tend to be a little hard-headed in case you didn't hear that before. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.